This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.orapackaging.com. This is Packaging News Weekly with Adam Keith, Corey Connors, and Velio Matos. Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you doing? It's uh, it's Monday, September 19th. I am back in the country, and I have not been drinking. So I think we're going to be today. Long trip, huh? Yeah, for sure. So what do we got? We got, um, we got me, Avilio Matos, host of uh, Packaging Unboxed, Corey Connors, at Corrugated on the TikToks, and host yeah, of yeah. System Podcast. Um, good morning. Look at that light. Yeah. So what's up, dude? How's it going? What do we got going on today? We got, we don't have Adam today. Adam is traveling. Adam is in an airplane as we speak and that's, that's totally fine. We'll survive without him this one time. Uh, we'll survive. I, uh, I was just listening to the world economic forum announcement. They Mm -hmm. have, there's, um, seven or eight people on there, including Tom Zaki and the CEO of uh, several companies, uh, including Tosca and Clorox and Coca-Cola. Uh, all of their sustainability managers are all making announcements about reusable packaging. Uh, so hmm. for me, that's very exciting. I think it should be an interesting thing for all of us in the world of packaging because yeah. it's absolutely uh, going to take up more and more of the uh, pie as they say, uh, in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, if you guys are watching again, every morning, we'd love to see who is watching from where. So definitely drop in the comments, your, your town, your city, uh, where you're at. Um, what did we get last time? I think we got like Egypt. So that was pretty all pretty over. Cool. It's, it's an amazing yeah. platform. I'm so thankful for, for LinkedIn and, and for this, this ability to just just hop on here and and speak to people all over the world. It's amazing. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, one of the things we do here is we talk about the latest in packaging news. Um, we all come at it, come at it from a different perspective. Um, you know, I'm on, I'm on the luxury packaging side. Um, Corey, you do a ton of sustainable packaging. We've got Adam who does a lot of like, um, folding carton and stand up pouches and a ton of different, you know, different things. So I think we all look at it from different places. Uh, we've got Carl coming in from Toronto. So hey, Carl. thanks so much for joining us, Carl. What's up, buddy? Good morning. Um, oh, we got uh, Adam. He's jumping in. I can't <laughs> see video during my flight, but I'm sure both of you look amazingly refreshed and ready for the week. How did he Thank know? You, Adam. He just knows. Right. He can tell. <laughs> <laughs> he can tell, by, can tell by our voice. Yes. We sound relaxed. Yes. Awesome. We got Atlanta. Atlanta's big in packaging. Wow. Milan, Italy. Yeah, we got Stefano. Stefano is awesome. I'm going to have him on the podcast uh, soon. Um, In Taiwan. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Stefano knows print forwards and backwards. We're going to get some few different uh, 
conversations there and help people kind of figure out how to move from CMYK and Pantone to CIE and uh, lab. Um, so that'll be really interesting. Um, so yeah, we typically come on here. We talk about the news, right? Um, look at that dude. We're all the way in Lithuania. Wow. So Valdani, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, welcome. So we typically talk about the news and um, I think this is this this show is slightly changing as we're going to talk just more about packaging and general ideas. Uh, but there's a few things happening in the news. I'm pulling them up here right now. Um, we've got some, we've got a couple different things. One is, I don't know if you're familiar with Olive. So Olive was uh, started by the same guy that started jet.com, which sold to Walmart. Um, he'd also started diapers.com, which became quidzy. Um, <laughs> You know, <laughs> so a ton history of, there. Wow. Yeah. All right. So basically, like one startup that sold for a ton, and then followed up by a second startup that sold for even more. Mm-hmm. And uh, he started this new startup, which was Olive, and it was all about reusable um, e-commerce packaging. Right. So your your brand would, you know, the, the brand would buy this packaging, they would sell it. Uh, they would sell you the product and they would ship in olive packaging. And the idea was that olive could then be reused, reshipped back to the brand and um, then reused over and over again. Well, they tested it out. It didn't work. Yeah. So what they've done is they've gone back to the drawing board and they've changed this to. It's pulling this up here. Um, yeah. So this is olive. They've changed it to be business to business versus uh you know d to c but it it, you know and what they've changed is now it's also become a way to for you to take your old clothes um any kind of return and and drop it into these things not 100 sure how it works you can research this but this is the goal here is to eliminate excess packaging that's great Um, i'm gonna pull this up here yep so this is all of Right, they've they've gone from D to C now. They're a B to B service, uh, and sometimes you got to pivot. Right, if you you need this to right. work, you got to pivot. They're more from a logistics standpoint. They're helping you throw your products back inside. And um, this is heavy returns, but you know, kind of cool how they have the ad in the olive. That's pretty uh, smart article. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like you know, olive basically, you you take your clothes, you put it back in here, you ship it back. Um, it's a way to eliminate clothing waste, fashion waste, as well as packaging waste, because this can be reused over and over again. Um, so it's definitely something to look at. It's all about reusable packaging. All of is super well-funded. Um, so this is something that'll definitely work at some point after they fine tune all the details here. Um, but something definitely uh, to take a look at from a packaging sustainability standpoint. Again, reuse is it's the future. It's taking over in, in many ways. And it's, Absolutely, it makes sense if yep. if you can if you can figure out the model if you can figure out the 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 collection and the uh, sanitation of and then the redistribution of so there's a lot of logistics there that has to work well together to make this really successful. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you do you know you talk about a lot of reusable packaging. So, what are some things that you've seen out there that are doing? Not just things that you've seen, but things that you've seen out there that are actually doing really well. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about Lime Loop. Uh, it's a similar 
technology mm -hmm. to what you showed, but it's, it's a it's a replacement for single use pouches. Uh, and I interviewed their CEO uh, Chantel. She's a brilliant person and uh, was totally impressed with them and what they're doing. Uh, they she said that they could reuse the pouches over 250 times, which is uh, mm -hmm. incredible. And then uh, for, for your audience, Valio, you're mostly focusing on, uh, you know, higher end luxury packaging. It was a very luxury feel. It has a very nice liner. It's a very high end. It, it felt like, wow, this is an important package, uh, which I think is, uh, uh, you know, different than a lot of reusable packaging. Uh, it's oftentimes a lot more industrial. So I really like Lime Loop. Yeah. And um, Adam's chiming in from, from a distance here. We got Nonico skin, plastic free. Yeah. So plastic free yeah. deodorant, um, you know, interesting stuff. We're seeing a lot of this. Uh, I think Dove started with their um, aluminum container and then you had the refills for that, which is you know pretty cool. You also have paper-based um, packaging for deodorant. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, I just spoke to actually uh, another company is called Olive, and what they're doing is they're a New Zealand-based company, but they're trying to grow in the U.S. So they changed all their packaging design to be more global versus feeling so local in New Zealand. Um, they yeah. from then you know they've grown into all the CVSs, Rite Aid, so they're definitely growing. But it's funny how design can impact consumer, th you know, the way consumers consider yes. packaging. I mean, that's kind yeah. of the whole point. Um, but interesting that they are like rebranded to, you know, to widen their audience. Um, so definitely something to check out. I'll have that, that coming up, but there's on a ton that of things call, that are happening out there. On the call, I was just listening to the CEO mm -hmm. of uh, Tosca, uh, uh, a man named Eric Frank uh, was talking about secondary packaging and mm -hmm. how it's often overlooked as a reusable option. Uh, he, uh, their company manufactures things like tote bins, pallets, things that can be used hundreds of times if you have the right system in place. And I think that's something we're not, we're not thinking about enough when we talk about packaging. Uh, wood pallets are great, but they often can disintegrate over time. And if they're not repaired and handled correctly. So a plastic pallet made out of recycled plastic, that's a great alternative to uh to a wood pallet yeah yeah absolutely i mean you're gonna get a lot longer usage out of it um you know typically when a pallet a wooden pallet breaks there's nobody there to fix it right it that becomes <laughs> it goes into the becomes, dump bin. yeah yeah or if you live in like you know san diego you you steal it out of the trash can and you go and have a bonfire right. on the beach right yeah exactly yeah. which is a great reuse but a lot of carbon emissions there good um, memories yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, I think from a sustainability standpoint, some things that people don't look at are, um, you know, yeah, we talk about reusable, but you always think about primary for reusable, right? You're talking about secondary, uh, but even a step further from that, right? When we're talking about the way that products ship from manufacturing to retailers, there's a lot of different bins. If you look at, if you step away from consumer goods and look at different areas of, of packaging, for example, um, automotive, 
you know, a big yeah. part of automotive is you know moving parts of brake pads from Detroit to fulfillment in North Carolina or you know wherever these products are moving because they're not all done locally. Yeah. They've got to move back and forth and what has been Absolutely. typically done has has been you know corrugate boxes or folding cartons that then fit inside of fo- corrugate boxes and then that gets recycled and it's just like a one trip. But there's yeah. no no reason that that stuff can't be plastics or even like they a have to. Yeah. Yeah, even like a corrugated yeah. plastic, right? Something that's going to last longer. Uh, one box can can last, you know, hundreds of trips. Yeah, it's plastic, but it can be it eliminates the amount of packaging that we use. Uh, do you guys do do you guys do uh, automotive? Yes. Yeah, we've worked with companies like BMW to create mm-hmm. packaging that's uh, reusable or significantly more sustainable. I got to interview Bianca from the packaging school and and her focus is uh, automotive packaging. And uh, they just finished their automotive packaging summit a mm. few weeks ago in, in uh, South Carolina, I think. Uh, but that's what she was discussing. And it was really interesting to, to, to hear about how automotive packaging uh, mm. manufacturers or, or uh, you know, companies have really uh, spearheaded that movement way in advance of the rest yeah. of us. They've been, you know, using whip packaging work in process so mm-hmm. it's a it's a cart it's a tote bin that goes onto a cart that gets wheeled into a factory gets taken off and then they they replace it with something else or they nest them together and ship it yeah. back and you're exactly right that to me that makes so much more sense of course yeah. corrugated has its place and it has yeah its, of course uh, uh, you know uh you know there are ideal situations for it and it can be yeah. reused and it can be recycled. But like Adam was saying uh, in the, in the comment there, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of retailers are reusing paper corrugated, which I love mm-hmm. to see. We've done studies and shown that it can be used a dozen times uh, very successfully. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, um, Tori, Tori mentioned that, you know, he, he heard your interview with Bianca. So that's awesome. Um, then Tori also mentions oh, thank you, that, Tori. yeah. So he also mentions that plastic pallets um, have to have a return, you know, return logistics, right? Which is is important. You don't really think about that, and that's part of the issue that we had with um, the supply chain crisis of you know the last twenty four months, right? Where pallets were all stocked in one area, and then ships were in another area. So yeah, you could move product, but there weren't pallets to move the goods, which caused you know, quite a bit of a delay. So having those logistics in place uh, yeah. definitely matters. Corey, are you, so that makes me, you know, thinking about the supply chain crisis that we had with pallets yeah. in one area, ships in another, the whole issue that that was happening. I think we were moving containers for like 20 grand a container, uh, <laughs> you know, insane. Right. And previous to that, I think containers were like four grand, you know, right. 3,600. So 3, yeah. 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 What are they at? What are they at now? What are you seeing now? It seems like that the price is coming down. Definitely less than twenty, but way more than four. <laughs> so <laughs> we've we've settled in the middle, as far as I know. And uh, you know, I think what's happening is there's a rush to onshore mm-hmm. or near shore as much as possible. Uh, yeah. At least at least in the interim, uh, you know. Of course, people will still import, um, and it's improving. And it's, uh, I think it's, it's uh, an issue that we're seeing now is 
warehouse space is limited because mm-hmm. people companies bought so much stuff because they were yeah. so nervous that they were going to run out that they said oh my gosh please order whatever whatever it takes 100 100,000 we'll take them and now they're sitting on all of this materials and i can say our company's feeling that pinch as well uh absolutely uh becoming more and more an issue so companies like landsberg aurora are are being uh, asked to do more and more as far as the just-in-time delivery. Uh, so that's important. So um, explain that. What Explain that just-in-time delivery, right? So one, you can order a, a boatload, literally a boatload yeah. of packaging, <laughs> put that in the warehouse, yeah, um, exactly. or just-in-time. How does that work? Yeah, so that's where we fit in, right? That's where mm-hmm. uh, you're ordering a large volume. Uh, we store it in our facility. Uh, or your local rep comes in and does inventory for you and says, Hey, you need to order some more of this. I'm going to release three pallets. We're going to have it mm-hmm. here tomorrow. Uh, and then you don't pay for it until you receive it. And so that frees up that cash flow and your space on the floor to allow you as a company to do what you do best, which is manufacture your product and yeah. just and ship it right out the door as soon as you make it. Nice. Thanks. And then uh, you were saying that there was the the slowdown. So everybody over inventoried, Um, you know, we're seeing that across the board just in, in retail and products, right. Where brands bought too many, too much of everything. Um, And we're seeing a lot of discounting happening now. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, from a packaging side, you can't discount your packaging because packaging is pretty tight margins. You know, when you can, when you consider it's very everything else. Um, so are you seeing a a slowdown in, you know, is anybody else that's listening? Are you guys seeing a slowdown in, in packaging? We haven't, uh, as Mm -hmm. far as my company and, uh, we're still seeing growth and, uh, you know, year over year. And I think there are hesitations, but not Mm -hmm. slowing down yet. People are concerned of a potential, uh, economic slowdown. Some, some are saying it's already here, mm-hmm. uh, but absolutely agree that uh, this is con- just going to continue. We're just ordering more and more packaging and uh, uh, more and more products. Consumers seem to still have money to spend. So, Yeah, I think, I don't know, for a, if I put the consumer hat on, um, yeah. I'm just being more selective in terms of what I'm buying. Right. right. Me um, too. Yeah. Right. And, and maybe it's more along the lines of finding a, a quality product, um, almost taking a, a more European uh, mm-hmm. view on this where, you know, they're limited on space and they're not yeah. buying, you know, they don't have a gigantic walk-in closet. So they've got a nice capsule collection of clothing. They've got their limited products that they focus on. They'll spend a little bit more per product versus having more products. Um that just makes sense sometimes, right? <laughs> and it's a and make sure you're buying something that you're going to use a lot, yeah, for a long a long time, rather than uh, fast fashion things like that are mm-hmm. are absolutely going out of style. And uh, yeah, that was that was an intentional pun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, you know, talking about fast fashion, there's the the boohoo. Um, what was it? not Kim Kardashian, but the other Kardashian, the less the uh, lesser Kardashian, right? It was boohoo <laughs> and the lesser Kardashian. Courtney. Um, with their, yeah. 
is it Courtney? Yeah. Um, doing their sustainable launch of, of products, uh, yes. which have there's been a backlash, but I don't know what if that backlash actually actually impacts their bottom line. Um, they, yeah, the people are upset because mm-hmm. as a Kardashian, she's taking uh, private jets all over the place, and her carbon mm-hmm. footprint is massive. And here she is saying that she's sustainable with her clothing because the fibers are recycled. And people are just kind of like, "Hey, give me a break. This is yeah. uh, this isn't. Let's be honest with each other. You know, uh, this is this is an influencer that's a multi-millionaire, uh, yeah. nearly a billionaire, and uh, you're trying to tell me that uh, that she's sustainable? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, one thing that big part of that conversation is the fact that you've got um, a lot of people now calling out brands for being, you know, for greenwashing. Yeah. Uh, H&M just got sued. They didn't pay anything out um, because they paid. Uh, I think they donated like $400,000 to, to some, um, yeah, to something. I can't remember what it was, but basically they were found guilty, but then they were going to be fined. And instead of being fined, they donated money. And then it was like, all right, we're going to sweep this under, under the rug. Uh, yeah. But brands are now starting to be sued for greenwashing. And I think that we're going to yeah. see a lot more of this um, happening. So, Definitely, you're talking about sustainable packaging, make the proper claims, do the proper research. Um, definitely something that's super important. Um, don't tell, yeah, don't tell Mike's wife that <laughs> sustainable fashion. Though. Yes, well said. Mike. Um, awesome, man. So, what do you got? Go, what do you got going on um, as we kind of wrap up here? What do you, what do you got going on? Lots of exciting things. The Sustainable mm-hmm. Packaging Podcast has really taken off. We just passed 21,000 downloads. Thank you all for listening and downloading. We appreciate you. And uh, I'm being asked more and more to go to events. So I'll be going mm-hmm. to a lot of events, including the Sustainable Packaging Coalition here in a couple of weeks. In uh, two weeks, it'll be in Atlanta. Nice. Uh, very, really yeah. Atlanta's big that. in packaging. Yeah. It's a big deal. I'm hoping to see my friend Megan or our friend Megan and uh, our, one of our designers lives there. And uh, so exciting times. And uh, we, we need to talk about Paris Packaging Week, which is uh, in January. Hopefully yeah. I can get you over there with me. Uh, yeah, for sure. And you'll be in Atlanta. So maybe you and you can hook up with Tori Logan. Okay. Um, yep. He's in the comments here. Uh, definitely yeah. somebody you should connect with. Oh, yeah. Tori, um, I'd love to meet you, sir. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah, I got, um, I'm editing some episodes. I got uh, an old one with Brandy Parker that I'm doing video on right now. Oh, fun. Uh, Brandy, Brandy and I, the question that we have in the episode is basically, is FSC a scam? Yeah. You know, as we kind of, <laughs> as we kind of talk about it, you, you start feeling kind of uncomfortable. You're like, well, I don't know, man. It's like, it's kind of like the mob, right? It's like, if you start talking about it, they're going to come and, you know, take you out. <laughs> It, yeah, you got to be careful. Yeah, because I think the intentions were good uh, originally, mm-hmm. and okay. uh, but does it turn into a, a cash cow at at a certain point? And yeah. you know, I yeah. don't know. And, I can't it, to that. Yeah, I'd no, love to know. Sure. Yeah, if anybody so yeah. listening from the FSC, please reach out to us, and right. uh, we'll we'll have you on the show. Yeah, for sure. I, I you know the thing too is like is FSC. Um, consumer facing or is it just internal brand conversation? Right. And that's the, the, the big thing is like, if it's consumer facing, well, consumers don't know what FSC means. So why are you paying to have 
the FSC logo on there. Because you can use FSC materials without having the logo on there. Right. So if you're doing it just for that reason, then no reason to have the logo. No reason to pay the extra six figures for that. Um, and if it's if it is consumer facing, then there's not enough education around what FSC is and what it means. Um, so again, that's something that, that as packaging designers, we should be tasked with is educating consumers on what the hell it even means. Because for consumers, it's just another tree logo on the bottom of their packaging, and yeah, they've got no clue. What does that mean? Right? It's uh, yeah. I I remember when I interviewed Kate and uh, John from Dip. They she mm-hmm. they mentioned a lot of those. Uh, logos that people put on uh you know yeah. uh, beauty packaging like not a- animal cu- cruelty free and th- it's like come on nobody's testing on rabbits anymore we're not doing that it's not legal so you don't have yeah. to say that anymore so you're just wasting space yeah but but if you're if your competitor doesn't put it on there then it's like oh well i'm gonna buy this one versus that one because it's got the rabbit on it yeah yeah you know, I, I mean that that's really what it comes down to Right. Um, yeah. Late, so Wednesday, I'm also releasing an episode with Paul Folks Arellanos. Um, we get into Paul's amazing. Carmen, yeah, Paul's awesome. We're going to get into um, uh, carbon uh, carbon credits and carbon neutrality. So definitely something interesting. We you know we had a conversation after the John Oliver HBO uh, <laughs> show about carbon neutrality and, and carbon credits, which was pretty interesting. So definitely check that out. Um, I know a lot of brands are looking to be carbon neutral. Um, I had right. one that wants to be carbon neutral in less than two years and they're launching an entire new line of products. I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you can't be carbon neutral if you, you know, right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. All right. <laughs> Let's wrap this up. Yeah. There's always something to learn, right, sir? Yeah, there is. Dude. There's always something to learn. I uh, appreciate you guys listening in, uh, throwing some stuff in the comments here. Excited today. I think I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to lunch with Adam. He's flying in from Utah to travel around Arizona. He happens to be coming by this way, which is cool. Um, Corey, you got to get to, you got to get to Phoenix, man. I'm coming. I'm, uh, I'll be there today. Yeah, no, I'm looking Perfect. forward to it. Make sure you right, check man. out right. uh, the people at packaging podcast to Adam peak. And, uh, we'll see you all next week. Same time. That's right. Awesome, guys. Thanks so much. This is Packaging News Weekly with Adam Keith, Corey Connors, and Velio Matos. This episode is sponsored by Specrite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve. The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive Mr. Matthew Wright, helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging innovation and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.